Join me. Heavenly Father, we seek a word from you today. Speak clearly to us. Fill this sanctuary and each of us with transforming power of your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, change us, make us new. For your sake and for the sake of all creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Before I read the scripture, I want to just give a quote from Dorothy Day to start this out with, not to uh, just for us to consider and keep in mind as we go through the sermon. Dorothy Day, I don't know if you know who Dorothy Day is. Anybody? She, <laughs> she was, um, was a found, one of the founders or co-founders of the Catholic uh, workers' communities in New York City. Um, during the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, she lived in just a few, until just a few years ago. She's actually being, con- being considered for sainthood now, as I understand it. Um, so anyway, this is a quote from Dorothy Day. I really only love God as much as I love the person I love least. I really only love God as much as I love the person I love least. Um, there are two passages today. There are actually several passages, but we'll start with two um, that are in the lectionary for this day. And the first is from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. And it is the first appearance that Jesus makes to the disciples when they're all together in the Gospel of John. And so it goes like this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when they were, the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That's a, just a heavy responsibility there, just so you'll know. In Acts, this is the second um, passage. It's also a, a Holy Spirit passage. All the believers were in one heart and mind. It comes from. It actually comes from the fourth chapter, beginning in verse. Uh, should begin in verse uh, thirty-one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord. And God's grace was so powerfully at work among them, in all of them, that there were no needy persons among them. The reading of the word of the Lord. Uh, Let me do this nose thing that I always have to do when I get up here. I'm so sorry. I can't control it. In 2010, I traveled to Oklahoma for the 40-year reunion of the Winniewood class of 1970. I didn't graduate with them. I graduated much later than that, just actually 10 years ago. Uh, We planned the reunion using Facebook, which is something Facebook seems pretty good for. Uh, Our class only had 56 people in it, uh, but more than half of our classmates showed up which was nice. I hadn't been back since our 10-year reunion in 1980, so I had a lot of catching up to do. And we had a good time. We shared memories, some good, some painful, some truly funny, and some mildly embarrassing. Uh, 
We caught up with where everyone was living and how they were doing and how their families were getting along and who was sick and who had died and all that kind of stuff. And through it all, I was struck by how natural it seemed to be back together again. It reminded me of the lines Paul Simon added to his song, The Boxer, a song which was popular during my senior year in high school. And these are the lines. Now the years are rolling by me. They are rocking evenly. And I'm older than I once was, but younger than I'll be. That's not unusual. No, it isn't strange. After changes upon changes, we are more or less the same. After changes, we are more or less the same. Good lines, which, of course, are not necessarily a good thing that we're more or less the same, especially at a high school reunion. I think it is... I think one of the most... uh, One of the best comments I ever heard about that was from Kurt Vonnegut, and he said, true fear, or something like this, I'm paraphrasing, true fear is to wake up one day and to realize that your high school classmates are running the country. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty frightening. The reunion lasted through Sunday, and some of my classmates thought it would be good to meet together before church on Sunday morning to have a short devotional time together. They asked if I would speak, and I agreed to do so. I suggested we meet on the grounds of the old church building where my dad had been pastor while we were in school. Uh, Only half the old building remained. The education wing still stood, but the sanctuary was gone. Uh, At some point during the last 40 years, some powerful straight winds came through there and actually blew the foundation, the church kilter, the old building, on on its foundation wasn't a tornado, they told me, but it was straight winds. Perhaps it was an act of God. I don't know. So the church decided to tear it down and move to new buildings on the east side of town. And Anyway, we met at the old site, which was apropos of the changes in our lives. Things had changed. Buildings were gone and new buildings were up. Relationships were gone. New relationships were alive. But this is what I said to my classmates on that day as a short devotional. Why have we returned to this place at this time? To laugh, to boast, to celebrate, to tell embarrassing stories about each other? Why are we here? There's a hymn that's become a favorite of mine. It's called The Servant Song. Its opening lines are this. We are travelers on a journey, fellow pilgrims on the road. We're here to help each other walk the mile and share the load. We did walk together, didn't we? In more than a mile. We've walked many more miles apart since then. Perhaps we've walked with new friends and new lovers. Perhaps we've walked alone. My question today is this now. As friends, will we finish the journey together? There are forces, both physical and spiritual, which would do to us and our friendships what they have done to this old church building of our youth. They would blow us off our foundation. They would destabilize us. They would grind us down with fear. But I believe in my heart that one of the reasons we've expended time and energy to travel here this weekend is to mitigate against these forces of chaos, entropy, and fear. We have come to remember and in remembering to renew that which is good and helpful and hopeful in our friendships and in that renewal to finish together as friends. The servant song continues, I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you. Speak the words you long to hear. Speak the peace you long to hear. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. We will share our joys and sorrows till we've seen our journey through. I confess to them, as I said, I confess that I have let you walk alone. I have held my peace 
when I should have spoken. I've withheld my hand when you needed it. I've not openly shared your joys and sorrows, and I have not held the Christ light for you in the darkness of the fear and confusion and death that we experience. But here on this spot, near what remains of this old building where 40 years ago many of us heard so often about rededication and revival, my hope and my prayer is that we will leave rededicated to each other with our friendships revived across time and distance, that we will finish strong together as friends, that together we will strive and rage and battle against both the evil that would drive us apart and the good that gently pulls us our separate ways. And now by the grace of God and through the power of the Spirit and with Jesus as our model, so be it. Amen. That's what I said, more or less. We close with a time of prayer and went on to Sunday services together in the new First Baptist Church building. It was a special time and it was moving. And on Sunday evening after that, we went home. We scattered across the country again from Florida to South Texas to Montana. Someone created a Facebook page for us and for our class, and uh, we used it. It was fairly active in the first few weeks after the, after the uh, reunion. We talked a lot about how fun it was, how fun it had been to see each other and what a good reunion it was. Then one day, in the midst of all the happy talk, a new voice appeared on our Facebook page, and she asked this question. My mom, Kathy, graduated with you guys in 1970. Can any of you tell me anything about her? Not once during the entire reunion had I thought of Kathy. Not once. I asked her daughter where her mom was, and she replied that she didn't know. She told me that Kathy had left when she and her siblings were very young, and they hadn't heard from her since. They remembered very little about her, and they knew nothing about where she was now. And that's when my heart just sort of imploded. It became like a, I don't know, black hole in my chest, and I felt everything good I believed about myself being sucked into it, and all that was left was a feeling that I was a fraud and a feeling of pain for Kathy and her daughter. I was miserable. I didn't know what I could tell her about Kathy. What did I remember about Kathy? Um, Look at this photo that um, this is this from my 1966 school yearbook. If you can't tell there's kind of, a, I'm, a, I'm on the far left in the middle row uh, with my surfer type shirt on and uh, my haircut. And Kathy is the top right on the top row. Uh, this is so eighth grade. I'm a 14, something like that, 14 years old. It's my first year in Winniewood. And Kathy's last name and mine both started with C. So I was almost seated directly behind her by teachers who thought assigning seats alphabetically was a pretty neat idea. Uh, And obviously our photos were always close together in the yearbooks. Uh, One of my friends, I never learned who, thought it would be funny to use a Bic pen to permanently link Kathy and me and to write Kathy's last name on my photo and my last name on hers. 
that's what's scratched out on the photos. It's hilarious, right? Just a real <laughs> thigh slapper. That's what I remember about Kathy. Look at her. She was diminutive and retiring young woman who was the butt of eighth grade. She's your girlfriend jokes, you know. She was exceedingly quiet, and although I'm sure that I must have spoken to her from time to time during the five years we were in school together, I can't recall a single conversation that I had with her. She didn't participate in any activities. As far as I know, she didn't attend any school events. She didn't come to football games, basketball games, parties, banquets, dances, proms, didn't hang out at the drive-in or the swimming pool in the summer. She didn't drag Maine with us on Friday and Saturday nights. Her photo appears exactly once in each of the yearbooks from 1966 to 1970, just in the class photos. The only club she's listed as participating in is Future Homemakers, which is ironic given how things evidently turned out with her home life. She just showed up to school and went home, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't mean to her, as other people were. I was probably worse. I was indifferent. I didn't care. Still, I felt compelled to respond to her daughter's question. What was my mother like? So I told her that I often sat behind her mother in class and that Kathy was very shy and quiet, small of stature, and she seemed a very private person. Another classmate or two confirmed my comments on Facebook, but no one else from, her class, from our class could tell her more about Kathy. Kathy's daughter thanked me and said that was just, she was just like her mom. She was quiet and shy and small, too. Uh, my wounded heart still remains. When I think of Kathy and her daughter, all my high-minded words about remembering each other and our friendships on that reunion Sunday now appear to me as a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Or as Paul Simon wrote on another song, all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity. Like emptiness and harmony, I need someone to comfort me. I think they're good words, but they accuse and condemn me. I wasn't speaking to the whole class that Sunday morning. I was speaking to a group of friends. We had the friendships. We had the friendships to renew. There was nothing to remember or renew about Kathy. I did not help her, as the servant song says. I did not walk a mile with her or share her load. And now I cannot hold my hand out to her. I cannot speak the peace perhaps she longs to hear. I cannot share her joys and sorrows because we don't know where she is. Those opportunities are past and cannot be recovered by any power of mine. In our text this morning, after Jesus' resurrection, when, he, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, this happened. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. No needy persons among them. Now, I know in the context that this is basically needy describes financial need. But I want to let us off that hook today because that seems a little bit too easy. There's another hook that I'm going to talk about.
I want us to hear needy in as broad a context as possible. There were no needy persons among them. What else do people need? What things do people need? Some people need a visit, right? Some need a hug. Some need someone to share a meal with them. Everyone needs someone to listen to them, to hear them. Some need conversation. Some need a helping hand. Some need us to recognize that they even exist. Everyone needs to be remembered and not forgotten. Everyone needs to feel like they belong somewhere, to feel that they matter to someone. Everyone needs affection. I can't remember. What were the songs? Everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs... This. We sang in Mighty to say, what, were the, what was the other line? I, I can't remember. I was looking at him going, oh, that's cool. That fits with my sermon. And now I can't remember because I walked from there to here. So uh, what other needs do, you, do people have that you can provide? Because I think with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we are called to meet people's needs, to meet Kathy's needs. Perhaps Kathy didn't feel needy. Perhaps she did not want to be known any more than she was known. Perhaps she needed to be alone, but I don't know that because I never took the, the time or the risk to find out. Listen, there are Cathy's in our public schools. There are Cathy's in our Christian schools. There are Cathy's that come to the rock every week. There are Cathy's where we work and where we recreate and where we shop. There are Cathy's in our neighborhoods. There are Cathy's in every church. Pray that Jesus will breathe on us so that the Holy Spirit will come upon us and that God's grace will be so powerfully at work in us that there will be no needy persons among us. The Father sent Jesus to the needy, and as our text said, Jesus now sends us. He, sent, he came to us, you and I included in the needy because we needed him. And Jesus has sent us. Remember how we began. I really only love as much as I love. I really only love God as much as I love the person I love least. When sometime in the future, someone asks this church to tell them about their mother or their father or their sibling or friend, may we all be able to say, yes, we knew her and she was our friend. Let's pray, please. Father God, we ask that you would pour your spirit out upon us. We ask once again that you would, you would um, fill us so powerfully with your spirit that there will be no needy persons among us, no matter what that need is, whether it's financial or emotional or spiritual, or they just need some help around the house. We ask that you would make us risk-takers in finding out about those things and also risk-takers in expressing our own needs to others so that they can be your hands and your feet to help us needy people. We thank you for your son. We celebrate his resurrection on this second Sunday in Easter. And we love you. And we hope that our love for you is great, is as great as our love for each other. In Jesus' name, amen.